Shut up and sit down. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Tallinn University podcast. A big part of everyone's identity in modern society is, well, what they do for a living. And most people dream of having a job that they, well, enjoy doing every day and that they are good at. On today's episode, we discuss how to figure out what kind of job you want to do and where to look for it. We also look into the changes that happened on the job market during the coronavirus crisis and what does it mean for a job seeker. Some of the topics of discussion are how to create the perfect CV and resume and how to nail your job interview. We are especially targeting university students and graduates who are at the beginning of their career paths. Our guests for today's episode are Daryl from Genius Sports and Maris Vires from CV.ee. Daryl is an agile coach in the Genius Sports Talent Office and Maris is the head of the marketing department for CV.ee. They both have many years of experience in those fields, so they are able to answer our many questions with ease. So before getting started, let's introduce the hosts. I'm Daniel, a second year politics and governance student in Tallinn University. My name is Alexei. I'm also a second year international law student here in Tallinn University. And I'm Relika. I major in behavioral sciences in Tallinn University. So let's begin. Okay. Uh, well, my name's Daryl. Uh, I'm English. I arrived in Tallinn about eight months ago. I work for a company called Genius Sports as an agile coach. And my background is really consulting and coaching, which I've been doing for about 15 years. So previously I was working for a number of different consultancies, working with clients all around the world, helping with their leadership and their internal culture as well. Whereas now I'm in one company looking at how teams and individuals work and also looking at the, the company culture from a wider perspective. So you've had over 15 years of experience in the field of uh, coaching and training. So I'm sure you're, you've come across with uh, many people asking questions that where to look for a job in these unusual circumstances. I'm sure like uh, people are approaching through online and that's the way the future is going as well. So the question is that where to look for a job? Uh, it's a good question. I, I really think it depends on yeah. what you want to do. I think, yes, more and more people are looking online. It's how people interact. You've got LinkedIn. You've got a lot of recruiters and, and job sites, which are, which are online. Um, but by the same token, in-person and being more personable is, is just as important. So it really, I think, depends on the job that you're looking for as to where you need to look. Do you go to forums? Do you go to people that you know? Do you go to friends of friends or family friends? Uh, depending on yeah, what, what arena you want to get into, I think that's going to dictate the best way to or the best place to look for, for the job that you want. So would you say you should focus on just looking for a job in your field of interest or just, well, currently find any job and then getting any work experience uh, after that, get your dream job, so to say. Yeah, I think there are, there are two different paths. Um, there's an English philosopher called Alan Watts. He says, do what you love and the money will come later. 
But then there are other people with more of a business focus who say, well, find something that, that makes you money. And again, I, it depends on everybody's personal circumstances. If people are able to really follow their passion, they have the time and let's say some resources, uh, financial resources to, to be able to do that, that's great. Not everybody has that luxury and they just need to find something that, that pays bills. So it's really looking at your personal circumstances and, and focusing on what your most immediate needs are. Mm, I guess, yeah, it depends quite a lot on your situation. If you can afford to look for a job that you really have dreamed of, or if you just need to take whatever you can get. Yeah, and I think there's maybe even a, a third path of, okay, doing something for the time being, but then planning out the journey of, okay, what is it going to look like to take me from where I am now to where I want to be? So mapping out that that future pathway of, okay, I'll, I'll take this job as, I don't know, working in a working in a supermarket which i've which i've also done but then what are what are the steps that i need to take to where i want to be what skills can i learn in the meantime that i can then transfer to the next position mm, right um the next question would be what qualifies as job experience should one still apply for a job where there are extensive requirements like as you said uh, for example working as a in, in a supermarket could be one of those experiences that takes you towards your goals. So should you put these kind of things on your CV uh, despite you're looking at a more advanced position? I think every experience is, is valuable and you have to take what's going to be useful and frame that in a in a certain way. For example, you know, my time working in a supermarket, I had to work with a, a wide range of different customers. I had people who were angry, so there's that customer service aspect of it. Um, or, you know, finding, uh, working with different colleagues of, of different ages. So I had to then, you, know, you can put working with people from diverse backgrounds. Um, shift work that came in temporary oh, sorry not temporarily but if shift work changed and you picked up somebody else's shift then you can show adaptability and flexibility so these are all transferable skills and i think you need to look at yeah where are the learning points what can i take this that's useful and how can i implement that or transfer that into whatever my next role is going to be but there are always transferable skills um even if you're working for family friends there's still something that you can take away from that what would you say, well, when applying, I guess almost every job or workplace requires a CV of some sort. Should you list all and everything you have done to that CV, some smaller titles, very small voluntary work you have done and so on? Uh, I, I think as, as a lot of my answers are going to be, it's, it's gonna, I'm going to say it depends. Um, there's there's so much information out on the internet, you know, how to write the greatest CV, what should you put on there, what shouldn't you? And I really don't think there is a, a best way. As I said, it comes down to experimentation and trial and error. I've tweaked my CV so many different times. Uh, the one that got me this, this last job um, is it's full of animations, basically. So I've done it in a completely different way. I just found... Um, I don't know, some some designer online that had uh, has done his CV a, a different way. And I thought, oh, okay, great. Well, I'm going to put some images in mine. I've got some 
funny cartoons in there as well. I've got a timeline and just change it around. And that worked for, for this particular role, but I had rejections from a number of other roles that said, well, this is, this is not the style that we want. We don't think this is professional enough. And so tweaking it or adapting it to the role that you're looking for I think is really important. So you might have a number of different CVs. You might have a, a sales CV. You might have um, a customer service CV, uh, et cetera. So depending on the role that you're looking for, and even actually more specifically to the company that you're applying to, then really you want to look at tailoring your CV specifically to that audience. Would you say, well, based on your quite extensive work experience, that, or have you come across any very specific things that you definitely shouldn't put on a CV? Um, I'm probably in the past. Uh, I, have a, I have a terrible memory. I, I, I'm sure I swap stories about things that we came across on CVs. Um, don't lie. That's that's a big no-no. There's, there's a fine line between exaggerating and lying. I think very easy nowadays with the internet to um, to find out the the truth. You can contact people quite easily and find out whether that happened to be the case. So exaggerating, fine, but yeah, don't lie on your CV. That's for me. That's a definite no-no. Quite um, or a bit connected to lying, I guess. Uh, some jobs seem to have very um, harsh or large demands. Mm -hmm. For example, the amount of work experience you need to have or and would you say you, well, still should try for those kinds of jobs, even though you might not have the experience required? Again, based on my personal experience, absolutely. Um, nobody is ever going to meet 100% of the criteria, uh, essentially. Well, okay, fine, maybe in, in the rare instances. And I think when they, they put these job specs out, they're really dreaming. Um, one of the things that studies have shown is that men will apply for jobs if they meet about 70% of the criteria. And a lot of women only apply for, for jobs if they meet really close to 100% of the criteria. And I think in, in both instances, you really need to look at, okay, well, do I meet the key requirements that they're looking for? And do I have some other transferable skills that I, that I can offer? Um, but I've applied for well, let's let's take my my current role that I'm in now. So I'm as an agile coach, and when I applied for the role, I had no agile experience, but they were looking for a minimum of I think three or four years experience in agile. But I have a number of other transferable skills with regards to the consulting experience to my coaching background as well, which they thought, oh, okay, well that can complement, and actually the agile is is something that that can be picked up along the along the way. I have taken my Scrum Master certification, so I have a knowledge of the industry, but certainly not one of the the key components that they were looking for. But they looked at the wider remit of who I was as a person and what I could bring to the the organization. Right. Yeah. I guess it is, as you kind of mentioned before, it's more moving towards the um, interviews away from the CVs when you're applying to a job. How would you say you should prepare for a well, job interview in general? Yeah, I think in, in general, know about the company that you're going through the recruitment process for, or you're going for an interview at. Find out about them as much as you can. 
So make sure you've had a look at the website, uh, have a look at LinkedIn. Maybe you want to connect to some people there and ask them some initial questions. But be prepared, I think, is, is one of the key components. Um, so know the company, know what the job is that you're applying for. Um, know what you put on your CV. You know, sometimes you might need to remind yourself if people have questions, uh, that, that knowledge needs to be at the forefront of your mind. So it's always useful to take a copy of your CV um, just in case they haven't managed to, to print one out as well. Um, have some questions as well uh, because you should have questions about different things, uh, whatever is important to you. So about the, the culture, the hours, the role itself, your manager, but preparation for an interview is, is one of the key components that I think is really important. Okay, so the more prepared you are, the better, of course. At some point during the inter interview, there will be discussion about salary. So should you be honest regarding salary proposals or can you ask like honestly uh, uh, what, what kind of salary I am expecting for or hoping to get so if you get if you get through to the next stage and you speak to a recruiter, uh, I would suggest um, having that conversation or asking the question. I'd say, look, I just I would just like to clarify uh, salary expectations so I know that we're we're both on the same page. But you could just ask, could you could you please tell me the salary banding for this role? And just ask them directly, because then you'll you'll know. Um, if they're not willing to tell you for some reason, which I think they should tell you. Um, otherwise, everybody's wasting their time and you just don't want to go through that process. Um, but I would absolutely you say what you're worth. Um, something I advise one of my colleagues who's working for us now, but she's she's reached a bit of a, a plateau where she is and she's looking for a, for a new job. Um, I said, well, okay, what you're on now, just add 10% and then tell them that's what you're on. Because you you have to know what you're worth, and if you're making a change, then you're changing environment. But you also want to take a step upwards, if you can. There there are some times in your career where you'll make a sideways move, or even if you're willing to, you'll take a step um, backwards in terms of salary to then project yourself forward a little bit more quickly. But the key is really asking for what you're worth, uh, and you can do that by checking what the market rates are can also then think about the opportunity. So we talked earlier about maybe not taking your ideal job, but that could be two or three steps in the future. So what are you willing to accept now to allow you to potentially propel yourself into a, a much higher level of, of salary later on in time? So there, again, there are a number of different factors, but you've always got to know your worth. Don't let people pay you less than your, than your worth unless you're willing uh, and making a very conscious decision that that's, that's the way you want to go. Another question the recruiters um, also asked that, why should we hire you? So what would you say that is a good answer for this question? I think you can relate it to your, your skills and experience, but also maybe try and find out if you're looking at the company, what, what are they lacking? So what is, it that, what is it that you bring that they don't have at the moment? Um, what is it that differentiates you from other people? Um, if I take it back to my example of, of coming to this agile coaching role is that yes, there were, there were other people who had probably more years of, um, of agile, but what 
they needed and that they didn't have is somebody to take more of a coaching approach to create a, a coaching culture, an open feedback culture. Um, and a lot of the people that they'd spoken to just have agile experience. They're working with with teams in, in Scrum or in Kanban, but they didn't have that other component that was more people-centric, uh, which is what they really needed. So that's why they employed me. So yeah, what is it that you bring that's different to what other people have beyond the necessary outlined skills and experience that they're looking for? Okay, so kind of like present yourself as bringing more value to the company. Absolutely. You've got to think of what what is it that you're great at? So what are your strengths and how can you leverage those strengths um, on top of your skills to provide value to whichever organization you happen to be applying for? And that's where that preparation and understanding their culture and understanding who they are as an organization, maybe some of the challenges they're facing as well, and how you can help them to to face some of those challenges. All right, all right. But would you say that uh, appearance is a large factor nowadays? Appearance? Yeah, when you go to the interview, do you always have to be really formally dressed, or is it a factor? I think that's changing as, as well. Um, one of the jobs I had before before this one, I I turned up in a in a suit and a shirt and tie. And as I was then looking around the office, because I was sat in reception with a few of the other candidates who were there for the interview, I noticed that nobody in the office was wearing a tie. So the, the women were smartly dressed and the men were just in trousers and shirt. So I took my tie off. Um, so I think err on the side of smart, but again, the research on on the company will will help you. I think if you're turning up to, for example, a I don't know a web design company, uh, there's no point in turning up in a suit. You might as well check out their website, look at their gallery, and you'll probably find that most people are in jeans and trainers. In which case, you can you can turn up like that. That would that would be my take anyway. Um, you know, dress dress for the occasion basically, and dress for the the company that you're going to be working. If you're going to go into a bank then yeah, suit, tie, obviously, well, smart, smart for, for, for men and women. Um, but if, yeah, if it's a software design or a web design company, then probably go a bit more casual. But that's where research comes in to, to find out if you, if you really want to, you can go and stalk them and uh, you know, go, to, go to the office and see what people are coming in and out of the office wearing. Okay, so a good general rule would be not to overdress, but not underdress. Yeah, don't turn up in your dressing gown or anything like that. I guess an important factor might be to just well, show your personality. Absolutely, and that, but that again is going to depend from the depend on the organisation. I think if you go for an interview in a bank, it's the interview process is going to look probably quite different to going for an interview in a in a software development company. I could be wrong. I mean, I've seen I've seen more visible tattoos uh, working in IT than I ever did working in consulting, for example. So there's there's just different rules of what's acceptable and what's not in different job markets. Yeah, that's true. The general rules, I guess, are more relaxed now than they were before, especially regarding tattoos, yeah. well, piercings and stuff. 
Well, you've got to bear in mind that as humans, we are judging creatures and we make up uh, judgments based on our biases uh, in a split second. So if, let's say, for example, you're going for an interview in a bank and the person interviewing you is, I don't know, in their, in their mid-50s, uh, and you, as a, as a gentleman, walk in without a tie and a couple of piercings visible, there's going to be certain judgments and assessments that that person is going to make potentially based on their upbringing, based on their understanding or their, their model of the world and what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. Uh, regarding younger candidates looking for a job, would you have any specific tips for people, let's say, between from 18 to 25, uh, looking for a job that they should focus on during applying for a job and also during a job interview? Uh, well, I think uh, when you're doing your, your first uh, interviews and applying for your first jobs, treat it all as a, as a learning experience. It's all going to be really, really useful. I mean, I'm certainly not the same person when I was, um, that I now that I am when I was 18 and I've learned a, a lot. You can learn a lot from not getting things as well. And I think this is, this is slightly um, endemic to society today and that we want things quickly and we want things now and we expect results immediately. And this is something still all businesses suffer from. But you learn a lot from failure or not succeeding, should we say. That's not necessarily failure. It's it's learning. So treat everything as a, as a learning experience and look for ways that you can improve based on the feedback that you get from whatever experience you're, you're going through. Um, because you're probably not going to get the first job that you apply for simply because the, the market is very different. Again, unfortunately, if we look at recent events with what's what's going on in the world, a lot of people recently have, have lost their jobs. And yeah, the way that we apply is, is probably changing and probably has to change. So be flexible, be open, um, be ready to receive and ask for feedback about how you can improve and how you can get better. I think that's probably one of the biggest tips I can I can say is ask for feedback. Don't wait to be given it. Ask for feedback as to, okay, what did I do well? How could I improve? What would be better next time? Um, and that will really help in the long run when, when applying for jobs. How would you say nowadays the interviews are maybe done uh, more electronically, for example, through Skype or whatever means are available? How would you say they differ compared to regular interviews in there? How do you prepare to it or how should you um, peer in them? Or are there well, that many differences? Yeah, that, that is changing. And um, it's, I don't know, it's interesting. I think you just still have to be yourself. Some people think that it's different being on, being on camera. And I, I know it's a little bit more awkward you you're not in the same room as that person but you still have to bring your your personality um to the front so that people can see who you are um beyond that i'm not i'm not really sure i haven't had that much experience having skype interviews obviously for this role um actually i'm lying <laughs> for this role i did i had to do a uh, a virtual team retrospective um which was the first time i'd, I'd done that virtually um 
Yeah, it's 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 new. I'm I'm certainly not an expert at it. I think what from my experience would be is just be yourself. It's not the same as being in in the same room as somebody, but it doesn't mean you need to be different. So just be as much of yourself as you can be and hopefully your personality will will shine through and that's that's a key component of what people want in their organization they want the skills but they they want the personality and somebody who's going to contribute something beyond uh what they're looking for on paper so do you think this electronic means are making a job application environment more challenging at least in 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 my case i think because of the experiences i have which are, are more wide ranging um i think maybe it allows me to be a better version of myself because people can actually see my personality whereas on a cv you can't see my personality and therefore i think it gives at least people with my preference um an opportunity to to showcase what i'm capable of more than just a piece of paper yeah that's absolutely true you have a better chance of bringing yourself out and presenting yourself to the recruiter himself so you're not just someone on a paper mm-hmm. himself or herself yeah exactly so i guess the electronic format the interviews done in like in video conversation they take away some of the personality from the well interview experience yeah i, I think it depends you know not not everybody's great at interviews um there are some people with introversion preferences some people who get anxiety from interviews um but then they're very good at a skill set i mean it's it's a very complex process simply because everybody is so individual and everybody has very different strengths as to what is the best way that they can showcase their skills and abilities and personality and you know the the, the recruitment industry is 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 learning and developing as well there's there's no it's been done a certain way for such a long time now it's being done differently and people were experimenting with with different ways and even different companies are experimenting with different ways you know some companies in the US they they'll just go for a coffee that will be the interview it's not going to be a formal process um because i i really don't think there is one right way of of interviewing um there's then this trade off between companies wanting to spend time in the interview process but then wanting to optimize to try and make it as efficient as possible and yeah where where is the human and then where is the technology side how do these two merge together to get the best result um i don't know and i i don't think there is one one best way it's just as people looking for jobs we're going to have to adapt to whatever that particular organization's process happens to be because you can have one organization that does yeah video interviews another one might be formal face to face interview and then you have to meet the senior team and then one of my colleagues went through this process in the UK where they sent a CV then they met uh, a couple of members of the team that they'd be working for then they met the line manager and then they met the CEO of the organization and only after that were they were they selected so different companies have different selection processes and you've just got to yeah find find your way through really okay now as 
the world is in crisis due to coronavirus. How do you think it will affect the labor market? Well, now we've seen like economic decline and we still don't know the overall effects of the coronavirus, but is it bringing changes uh, to the labor market in terms of uh, job application and so forth? It's a tricky one. I don't think anyone can really predict what, what's going to happen. I think uh, it was interesting. I listened to a, a talk by Simon Sinek, um, who I think is 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 great. Um, and he was talking about, well, actually, these, these are not unprecedented times. There have been occasions in the past which have really changed the job market and the way that we work. He talked about the advent of the internet, which put a lot of companies out of out of business, those that weren't willing or able to adapt and shift their mindset to a what we call a growth mindset, so looking at the opportunities, looking for, okay, well, how do I need to change? What can I change? Where are the opportunities? What do I need to do to take advantage of those? And the same applies, I think, to what's happening at the moment. There are still going to be jobs around, but they're not going to be necessarily in, they're not going to look like maybe how we thought they would look. Um, there's two examples I'll give. So, for example, uh, my role at the moment. Uh, my role is to work with the teams, and a lot of that is is based on the day-to-day -day interaction that I was having with them. That's now looking slightly different. So I'm shifting to designing webinars. So how can I deliver online learning and development in a, in a different way? And I'm also taking on more coaching and more one-to-one -one coaching. So my role has shifted slightly. And I think, again, people are going to have to shift their mindset in terms of, okay, where is the value? Where is the opportunity? What are the markets going to look like uh, going forward? Um, if you look at, if we go back to talking about the internet, you know, web, web design jobs didn't exist, I don't know, 20 years ago. Yet they were created, and now there's there's huge demand for it. So, what what is going to be coming up, and what the future jobs are going to be? I don't think people know, but there's definitely opportunities there. So unusual times require companies to adapt to unusual circumstances. Hundred percent, and this is the, the agile mindset that I work with people inside the company about. It's um, how can we look at change? How can we adapt to change? What's our our mindset towards um, how we how we deal with that change? How quickly can we move forward? Find opportunities, use those to our advantage, and um, move forward collectively. And the ones who don't adapt will face quite serious challenges, I guess. Yes, the example that, that Simon Sinek talks about um, with the advent of Netflix is Blockbuster. Um, Blockbuster was a, a massive chain of shops in the UK and I, I believe in the US where you'd go and rent your DVD um, and computer games and then Netflix just destroyed them um, because they didn't look at adapting or, or changing their business model. And now no, nobody nobody talks about Blockbuster. It's just Netflix. So um, challenges, yeah, facing a number of key industries at the moment, the high streets, travel, hotels, restaurants. Uh, some restaurants have, have adapted massively now, and, okay, they're, they're going online and, and delivering. Um, 
Yeah, I honestly don't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not an expert in the, in the field, but if you're, or the listeners are interested, then have a look at some futurologists as to what they're predicting the world is going to look like, because it's fascinating to, to listen to what they have to say as to how the world is going to look in 5, 10, 15, 20 years time. Have you noticed that um, keeping up a large online presence, for example, in LinkedIn, having a professional Facebook page and so on has, well, an effect on getting a job? Yeah, I think recruiters will Google. Um, I certainly um, know that I have appeared on a number of searches on, on LinkedIn. And yeah, having a good profile there is only going to help your cause. Um, I would be obviously careful of what you post on on Facebook um, when I was in a in a previous job and I needed to I was looking for clients uh, I would yeah I would google their names and see what I could find out about them so I could find out where they live what information they have what job they had so their their earnings their income um, a little bit about their personality so yeah I think employers certainly look at your digital presence online and you want to make sure that that paints you in the best possible picture. Yeah. So final, final question. Uh, how will the next upcoming two weeks look like for you at work during these unusual, unusual circumstances? Good question. Um, I'm going to be spending a lot of my time converting what I was going to be doing in terms of face-to-face -face training to digital webinars. As I mentioned before, I've got some coaching coming up. There's some, I think, restructuring um, internally at, at Genius Sports. So I'll be supporting leaders and teams through that change process. And I know adapting as well. It's this is this is new for for me as well. So I'm I'm learning and adapting as I as I go. Am I? Um, April uh, doesn't look like it was going to look like yeah two or three weeks ago, so I'm still figuring figuring out this whole process as well. So learning learning as we go. Oh yeah, well certainly these unusual circumstances uh, require self discipline as you are not at the office. Also, there are several distractions at home that you have to stay away to focus on your work. Yeah, although research I've been reading online is saying that people are more productive at home. I think once you've got into that pattern, again, you've you've adapted to that that new way of working. Um, and I'm listening to, or I listened to a webinar um, earlier today on a company called Envision that has a completely remote culture. Uh, so they've never had anybody working in, in offices. They, they've created a culture of of entirely remote workers um, and they're saying that these these people are even more productive than than they would generally have been if they were in an office so definitely different but i think there's there's lots of things to learn and, and take forward out of it new opportunities well yeah i guess goes back to the being adaptable and well ready for whatever comes to your front door so to say but i think we're pretty much done unless you have anything extra tips to say this final comment um any any pearls of wisdom i'm, I'm not sure i have too many of, of those i think something i've although i i will share is in this day and age where everything is is digital 
and everything is online and it's email and, and LinkedIn and stuff. When applying for a, for a job, I'm still a fan of picking up the phone and actually speaking to a human being and finding out a, a name of, of somebody. And a, whether it's a trick or a tip, I don't know, is, is be memorable. Um, if you can make somebody smile, if you can make somebody laugh and you get through to that person, they are more likely to remember you when they come across your CV. So I always try to, to make contact as human as possible um, because I think there is this tendency to avoid that or just rely on yeah, email or digital communication. And there was a, a, um, a psychologist, Morabian, who said that um, if we broke down communication as a total, 55% is body language, 38% is, is tone, and 7% is, is words in terms of the meaning that we, we um, fathom from, from information, from communication. So if you're writing an email, that person is only really receiving 7% of total communication. You can't really convey tone um, via uh, an email. So that's why if at least you pick up the phone, people can listen to your voice, you can communicate in that additional 38%, uh, even though they can't see your body language, but it's just another opportunity to give that person somebody extra, something extra to think about when it comes up. So make yourself memorable. Ideally, in a good way. <laughs> a good way, yeah. That was actually, well, a really good last tip. Thanks a lot for your answers in general. They were really good. I am Reelika and I'm hosting our second guest, Maris Vires, who is a marketing manager in CV.de, which is one of the biggest online job-seeking web pages in Estonia. She also has experience in recruiting and training. So welcome to our podcast. Hello, happy to be here. Uh, as you work in CV.de and you... You know a lot about the job market. How has the job market uh, been changed since the coronavirus outbreak? Uh, which jobs have disappeared? Which ones have gained popularity? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a like million dollar question, I would say, because at the moment it, uh, it kind of seems that the job market is in a freeze uh, stage at the moment, uh, meaning that um, um, almost half of the recruitment projects are um, closed or, or put on stop uh, mode uh, for, um, I don't know how, how long at the moment, because it depends how long is the crisis. Uh, and also what we see that is happening um, with those people who are actually applying to different uh, jobs, they are on a waiting position. Um, we, have, uh, we, we are seeing that almost 32% of the people uh, have um, stopped their like regular visits in uh, this online job portal. Uh, we were a little bit amazed because it, um, at first we thought that, okay, if the crisis starts, then everybody starts uh, searching for different occupations, but actually everybody's waiting. And um, I, I think it's kind of clever because uh, as we see, if you don't have enough uh, uh, job posts uh, online, then it's very difficult to apply uh, where you want to apply. So, so uh, that's one one point. But um, uh, you asked, what are the um, job positions that um, that uh, are not active anymore or um, 
uh, what has changed. I would say like what we hear from the news as well, that uh, all the roles are connected with tourism or or um, um, or this um, uh, hotels, like hotel management or hotel like ser service positions, like all the client service positions and uh, talking talking with people on front, like all the front positions um, are on stop mode um, because uh, we can't communicate in a normal way at the moment. So uh, these people, many of them have lost their jobs. Uh, many of them are sitting home without salary, even if they haven't lost their jobs. Uh, so uh, this is one thing that we're seeing. Uh, only two sectors uh, that are still uh, on a rising, uh, are rising are education mm -hmm. and um, uh, how to say not manufacturing, but uh, uh, how it's in English. Perhaps you can help me. It's in Estonian, it's Polo Mayandus, how it's uh, argi, argi, uh, agriculture. Yes, yes. Agriculture. So these are two fields that are growing. The other ones, mm -hmm. even IT and technolo technology, have dropped almost 40%. So uh, we're just waiting what will happen. So I guess healthcare is also one field that has maybe gained more popularity. It has gained, but it's still dropping. So uh, because mm -hmm. uh, even if we see that the need is high, we need those people on front, but we don't have enough skilled skilled people. So uh, if mm -hmm. if I would say the biggest change that is happening, and uh, that's like uh, this week's uh, like oh what's going on is that. Those people who have lost their jobs or, or even if they're without the salary at home, but they're really talented. So these people are being headhunted by uh, by companies. So it's difficult mm -hmm. to notice it uh, on front, uh, but uh, but we hear that it's happening. So that's one change that I see. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, but the university students, should they also like wait or be like proactive and... Uh, uh, what can they do with this time that they have in the hands mm -hmm. uh, for their career, yeah. for their future career? Okay, so one thing that I have thought, I had thought about a lot even before this uh, virus actually hit us was that I had a, a lecture with uh, Tallinn Technological University students, um, uh, one, I think it was a month ago, and we talked that what are the advantages that uh, young people have um, but others don't. And one thing was that they are really technological friendly people. They are much bolder than uh, older people, even if they don't have enough experience. Let's say they don't they don't have this job experience that they can put on their CVs, but they do have something else. So so um, what I have been mentioned what I have been mentioning is that if you think like if you just like try to imagine like you are the person who actually wants to apply for the job and most people apply with the regular cv that is written on written somewhere and very often they use a regular template for that but you um, just decide that you will send a video cv let's say in a video format even if it's handmade you have done it with your mobile phone but you do it like by yourself then this is one thing that always gets attention because uh, employers at the moment just want to have this first emotion in a really quick way. And if you do it with video, you get much more uh, detail from, about this person that you get from a regular CV where you only perhaps look at their like, job experience uh, accomplishments. 
Um, so that's one 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 thing that I would highly recommend uh, as university students to to try out. Like if you see a position where you want to apply, try try to do it in a new way. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, well, hoping that the times will change and uh, the job market gets better. Uh, also, university students would like to know uh, uh, they're in the university, they like uh, what they're learning, but uh, they still don't know what, what kind of job they want. Like, uh, how do you figure out uh, what's, uh, what um, goes with your personality? Yeah, what kind of job do you want to do? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's again a million dollar question. Like uh, <laughs> if everybody knew that, they would be much happier. Um, I think. Um, let me see. Like if I uh, if I think uh, about my coaching experience, and many people that come to coaching usually ask the same question. Like, okay, how, what should I do? Where should I go? How do I know? Um, many ways to do that. Like one. Um, one is experimenting. One one is that okay, you don't have to you don't always have to look that okay, will I get paid for the job or will I not will I do it for free? If you want to try something out, uh, just try it for free. Like just offer yourself as a free help to somewhere. Just try. Perhaps you don't like it. Uh, that's one thing. Uh, another thing is uh, many people don't are not aware about their um, let's say you know strong personal qualities that they're carrying. Uh, you can do tests, you can do personality tests. Let's, in Estonia, very, very, um, let's say, popular test that the people are filling is called DISC. Uh, it's a Thomas International DISC profile test. Um, so it, it shows your behavior in uh, different work situations. That's one thing. The other thing is you can ask and this I would highly recommend. You can ask feedback from uh, from people that you actually um, think highly about. And if I think that you are a student, then then perhaps you should ask feedback even from your um, let's say a lecturer or somebody who teaches you, works with you. Uh, what do they see that are your strong qualities? Mm, your friends know that. Your family knows that. So just ask. Ask feedback. Mm, what else? <clears throat> Usually, I believe in, in in just talking and trying out, like uh, just uh, talking with different people who work in different positions. Um, how how does it how does that work actually look like? So one example would be like I I remember I was one hundred percent sure that I wanted to work as a HR manager. And then um, I talked to my friends who, who were working as HR managers. And the first thing that they said was that, come on, like, come on, Maurice, you will never be a good HR person. You are very good in talking with people, inspiring them, but you are never good at uh, doing those contracts and uh, actually like uh, working, doing this hardcore paperwork. Uh, and I didn't imagine that there was so much paperwork. So I just uh, found out with talking, like through talking to the people who are doing those jobs that I thought about. So it's good to have like friends who have, who give you the honest opinion. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so do you, do you think that universities are doing their best to prepare uh, uh, students for, uh, for the job market? Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, 
I would say there can there can be things done much better. Like I think the connection with the actual job market is quite weak at the moment, but um, but I think the change comes from from the clients. The clients are the students. So if a student actually says like, "Sorry, that's not enough. That's not good enough. I I fall asleep in your lecture. I I don't want to sit here. I I'm bored, or I don't feel that it's preparing me for the job market." I think these are the things that actually uh, lead to changes. So um, if uh, I hear it quite a lot. Uh, from Tallinn University and also from Tallinn Technological and, and especially from uh, Tartu University that they feel that it's too academic. Um, mm-hmm. We, it's a like it's a huge topic, but but I think um, uh, those new ideas or new approaches or like these come uh, from from the actual client's need and 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 I just like would would say like. Please talk about it. Like, please give feedback to your um, to your university. Uh, actual feedback, mm-hmm. like, say how you want things to be. Because at the moment the link is weak, and uh, and that's why when um, when students come to to do this internship, then very often we see that the mindset is there. Like, they really, really want to do it. They really want to work. Like, uh, that's something I say. Like, it's it's super. Like, I wouldn't say that young people don't want to work. Like just the opposite, they want to work really hard, but um, they like it's difficult for them to imagine how this like theory that they have been studying um, would be in real action. And so it, but but usually, usually uh, I would say like it takes only a few few months and they are ready to do like actual work. So, um, but it it could be done much easier way. So let's go on to talk about the CV and the resume. So uh, mm-hmm. with the CV, where do you begin like uh, writing one when you haven't never written uh, a mm-hmm. CV in your life? <laughs> yeah, good question. So uh, one thing that I, I say like, to, like mo- for most of the questions, I would say like, okay, try to Google it. Uh, in the beginning, like try to Google if you like, just put the words put the words into Google like the best CV ever or most attractive CV or CV that actually works or or um, killer CV or whatever. Like you just use those uh, words to to find find different examples or different CVs that have been used um, because there are not so many like uh, let's say uh, pieces in CV. There are not so many. I would say like there's a piece called personal detail information, like your contact information. There are key skill sets, like what are you good at? Uh, there should be an employment uh, history. Um, if you don't have employment history, then uh, uh, you can use some other history. Like let, Let's say like I, I thought, like, like I talked before, like uh, you have done volunteer work somewhere, let's say, or you have uh, been an intern somewhere. Um, and then uh, there's education and qualification part in CV, um, and uh, and there I always recommend like just use the like important information. Don't 
put like non-relevant information in there like so like let's say like i have i have had my dancing training let's say or, or i had one cv where there was written that i have done uh, um strip training strip strip dancing strip dancing training or something like that so now we all thought like i remember I, we had the two uh, recruiters uh, uh, when we uh, took those CVs and went through and we were just looking at each other and we were thinking like, okay, is it a good thing to have it in my CV? Probably not if you are applying for the teacher occupation. So I was worried. Um, so just try to think like, what are the things that you put under education and qualification? And then uh, different interests, like, uh, okay, again, strip dancing could be one of your interests, but uh, but then think like, is it uh, is it good to put it in your CV? Like what is like directly important to that uh, employer? Um, so these are like the main uh, pieces. And uh, where to start? Like I said, like just try to Google different versions of uh, CVs, and and you see that the um, the best CV is always, I would say, always maximum two page long, even one pager. I'd say one pager is better than two. Uh, it's visually attractive. Um, uh, usually, if I take uh, 100 CVs, then only five of them are visually attractive. They are different from the others. Um, we have uh, really good tools. They are free. Um, again, you can Google it, like how to create and how to create a CV. Um, and then you see that there are like. Um, uh, pl different platforms. You can just drag your uh, picture there. You can drag information. You can use different colors, different backgrounds. Um, just like create a product uh, who, uh, who what people want to buy. So nobody wants to buy like a product that actually looks like uh, white and gray. Um, and um, and what else? Where to start? I think just. Um, in the beginning, uh, you should analyze. You should actually analyze who are you, uh, what are you good at, what is your skill set, uh, what is your personality, even your characteristics. Like, can you can you write it out in a in a way that it actually shows that you are not copy pasting it from uh, from somebody else's CV? Um, that's a huge problem, by the way, because. Um, uh, we see that people are taking other people's CVs and uh, just uh, like changing the names and changing the um, like this uh, the working history part. But the other like personal uh, like key skills or or interests uh, are somebody else's. So just really like try to write it out so that the employer um, gets a sense of you who you actually are. Mm -hmm. so, so like keep it simple and on the point on the point yeah it should be tailor-made so so it, like um we had a talk with uh today and even before like how much time does the recruiter spend on one cv and it's really important to know that because uh if i have had i have asked the same question from the people who are applying for different jobs and they think that the recruiter actually spends five to ten minutes going through their CV, but in fact, we, we actually count seconds. Uh, in fact, it's so, mm -hmm. almost like I usually spend one minute, but uh, but uh, again, there are recruiters that spend uh, 50 seconds or 30 seconds uh, on one CV. So uh, it should be like really like um, not short, simple, mm -hmm. like specific 
and and it has to create value and a clear picture of the person. So the recruiters are looking for like keywords on the CV. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I could say that. Is it good to like highlight them and to make them like pop out maybe on the CV? I would say yeah. I would say I like. I think one way, like if you take uh, this job post that you see, like okay, I really want to apply for this job post, just take this job post and see what the recruiter is actually looking, uh, what they want to hire, uh, what what not what what who they want to hire, what what competences or mindsets does that person has to have, and then you highlight. Yes, that's a good idea that you gave that you highlight those uh, things that you're offering because it's much easier. Um, uh, and um, another thing, like I would say, like this, like I really recommend that uh, if you use a picture, and I I suggest you do uh, use your picture on the CV. Uh, if uh, if you can't use video or CV, then uh, and you have to send it in a paper format, let's say, then uh, or PDF format, then uh, then use the picture that actually is um you can show your attitude like really like good attitude mm -hmm. on the picture not that you are quality. yes and not that you are like good quality picture as well like not that you're cutting somebody out from the picture um and this is something that we have seen in many cvs especially by the way like the target uh, 20 to 25 and target 55 to 65 they are cutting their pictures out so uh, somebody else's uh, hand or or uh, shoulder is also on the picture so they're <laughs> or or they are holding a glass you can see that they're holding something but they have like cut half of the glass out so so it's it's mm -hmm. not good and uh, and um Another thing that I would recommend is that uh, let somebody else read your CV. If you have finished, let somebody read it. Uh, usually people put too much information or too foggy information. And very often people make so many grammar mistakes. So just just check your, your grammar and check check your sentences that they are like short, clear, like and without grammar mistakes. Talking about like Googling uh, the perfect CV and getting examples, like uh, uh, doesn't it mean that uh, everybody sends uh, the same CV and you don't really stand out from the others? Yeah, that's the problem at the moment. Like I think uh, in, Est in Estonia, it's a little bit better than in Latvia and Lithuania and perhaps even other countries, but, but still I see that there are not so many people that use uh, those cool templates. Um, usually, people use uh, uh, use like a simple word document that they are just putting this information in um, on a blank uh, white uh, white paper, or they are using um, a template that um, comes from this job portal system. Um, even in a, even in CV online, we are actually changing those templates soon. Uh, I know that it has been um, it has been the way it has been for quite a long time. Uh, and um, I personally think that uh, if if you if you can add um, your own CV, not use the template that uh, job portals are offering, then always use your own CV because then you can uh, create much cooler uh, cooler documents from it um, so you will stand out so that's that's one one thing to say 
so uh, talking about the resume, how important is the resume compared to like CV or is it the same important? Mm-hmm. I think it depends on the recruiter. It depends on the on the this organization who is who is uh, recruiting new people. Uh, if I think about myself, I usually start from the motivation letter, by the way, because uh, because for me the most important thing is why this person wants to get the job, get this job, wants to work uh, on that position. So the why is something that I always start from um if the motivational letter is not uh, convincing uh, then uh, i don't have to check the cv because uh, especially when you have like uh, 30 plus 40 plus people i already expect that they have quite a lot of stuff on their cv but it doesn't mean that they're good for the job or they do have the right mindset uh, so i would say if i think about the uh, young crowd if i think about students then i would put much much more effort on uh, on uh, this uh, motivational letter than uh, on cv cv is something that you have to have like again you have to use your context there like i said like you have your skill set you have uh, perhaps even your vision is written there um and and i see like okay overall you are like that but your motivational letter actually shows me um would you be good for this job uh, because um, I think it was again a few months ago when I talked with uh, different employers, we had a focus group, and then there was a really good talk about like um, why we actually recruit, like where does this need for recruiting come from? And and it always comes from one thing because it's not easy to recruit people, it's not easy to hire them, it's a huge cost for the organization. So it always comes from the need to get extra value, like more value to grow. Like if like an organization wants to grow, like actually get more, let get more money from the from the market, then you need a person to actually fulfill this dream. So in your motivational letter, uh, you always have to show how you create, how you will create value uh, to this company and based on what you believe uh, that you can do so. Mm. So it, mm-hmm. again, it has to be short, it has to be clear, uh, and it has to be connected with strong why. I, s- I want to see the motivational part, and I want to see uh, why do you think you are good at it. I, I would say it's really, really important part. Uh, so how long should the resume be? Like nobody really likes to read anymore. So, <laughs> so how long is like too long or too short? <laughs> mm. Not over one page, never, never over one page, even half page, half pager is, is okay. So really like, again, clear, really clear. And it, and it has to be tailor-made again, at the t- as you can't use the same motivational letter to, with, with, with other companies that you are applying for. So mm-hmm. I have to see that you actually want uh, me to hire you based on this motivational mm-hmm. letter. So really personal. Really personal and polite, not too personal, but really polite and personal. <laughs> so, uh, but let's talk about uh, this uh, rejection. How to get uh, like over rejection? Some people are very sensitive, and uh, rejection uh, brings their confidence more down, and um, uh, all the stress uh, makes the, uh, makes them more be rejected. Mm-hmm. That's true. So. Um... 
I would say like uh, asking, like really asking feedback from uh, from uh, from those employers and recruiters. Usually, what happens is that people don't ask me feedback; they expect feedback. Uh, but uh, mm-hmm. feedback um, tradition or um, Let's say feedback giving is not normality in Estonia. Unfortunately, it's still a problem. They only give, like most uh, most recruiters, as you probably all know, but most recruiters give feedback. You will not, you were not selected for the position, or you are, you didn't have the skill set that we were looking for. But they don't tell exactly what was missing. So um, one thing that I would recommend is that you actually just go through this fear and ask uh, constructive feedback what and 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 honestly write that uh, i applied for this job and i didn't get selected i'm sad but i would really like to know uh, what were the things that were lacking so that can, i can develop them and if you write it like that then usually um, usually people want to give you feedback because uh, there are like so so like there are so few people that actually ask uh, feedback themselves so that's the first thing um other thing is that uh, like even if you like let's say it's it's a difficult question because it's it it so much depends on the person uh but uh, what is the reason why they uh, lose their courage or lose their self confidence uh, is it uh, is it because uh, they hope so much that they will get this position and they were actually given a uh, um, green light somewhere, like saying like, you would be perfect, you would be perfect for the job. And then just like few, uh, let's say a few days before the final decision, actually comes another answer that, oh, sorry, you didn't get, you didn't get it and you don't know why you didn't get it. Um, so just sitting in the dark, not knowing is something that makes people unconfident. So you should definitely ask why and this why helps you to develop your skill set or mindset. So do you have any advice for future employees on the job market? Absolutely. I would say like uh, this is like a main thing I'm always talking about. Like if you want to know how or where you should or you should be better, like um, how to develop your skill set or how to develop your mindset, you need feedback. So one thing that I would recommend to everybody who is applying on whatever position is that always ask feedback. Don't ever expect that somebody is giving it to you. Um, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. And sometimes if they do, they only do a shallow one. So uh, just ask really like... Uh, um like let's say thorough uh, clear feedback about yourself uh, so based on that you can make much better decisions um, um on your like about your work life so that would be one thing another thing is like um, analyze analyze your skill set before um, uh, acting analyze what what do you actually want to do where you visualize yourself because uh, uh, being a human being actually means that you you can do pretty much whatever you want. Like you are, we we can develop different types of skills. And uh, if you do have a like dream uh, hidden somewhere um, in your bones, then uh, just uh, drag this dream out and uh, try to create clear path how you can achieve it. So being like really constant, like doing like 
clear things daily uh, moves you forward. Not doing one thing once a month or once a year, it doesn't move you forward. And um, again, that try to be different. So if you know that the job market is uh, is still like still moving or working in a old um, in an old way, meaning that still people are sending paper CVs or, or or like really blank CVs. Don't do it. Like to to use much more uh, visual templates or videos. Like just try to be bolder and and think that uh, those recruiters only have let's say one minute and um, to go through your CV. Well, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with us today. I think it's very helpful for our future job seekers. Yes, you're welcome and uh, good luck. Good luck. Thanks again, Daryl and Marais, for joining us and sharing our valuable information. I hope it will help everyone listening with getting their dream jobs and internships. Good luck, wash your hands and stay safe, everyone. See you in the next episode.